I feel like culture is so overlooked. It's very well managed, I think, in jobs where there's like physical labor. Like I think the the companies that, you know, whether it's a contract manufacturer, a moving company, installation company, like the companies that manage culture there really well grow really quickly. This is Limited Supply, the place for refreshingly real takes on what D2C is really like. We're your hosts, Nick and Moyes. Let's start talking about money. Limited Supply listeners should think about adding a mobile app to their marketing mix. Mobile apps can be customized by Tapcart, and they can improve your retention strategy and make your customers stickier. And it'll provide a really smooth way for customers to shop online, and it's the best way to engage customers wherever they are. Limited Supply listeners can get two months free at tapcart.com slash limited. All right, we're back for episode six of Limited Supply season three. Today's a special one because we don't have your typical direct-to-consumer founder. We've got Mary Berry, who's been mentioned on the pod at least a handful of times. Yeah, that's right. Mary is the secret behind tons of different brands, large and small, brands that you probably use at home that are in your in your bathroom or in your house. Mary is also just one of the funniest, most genuine, straightforward and <laughs> candid, and um, you know, heartwarming person to be around. Oh my God, stop. I can't. I cry at the beginning. Four years ago through Moyes. Yeah. Four years ago. We went to Rumble one morning and you were like, oh, you know, Mary's in town. Have you met Mary? I was like, no, but, you know, I've heard of Texas Beauty Labs. They did our hint deodorant and toothpaste and sunscreen. Uh And you were like, okay, I'll set you up. We got matcha, chacha matcha. Yes, I remember. Yep. And that's how we met. And then, Yeah. yeah. We've just been friends since then, and you've yeah. known Mary much longer. Yeah. Wait, you guys made Hint sunscreen? You guys cannot have made No, sorry, not the Hint sunscreen. I was like, yeah. <laughs> just the deodorant. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, just totally. Uh, so, Mary, you and I met in 2015. It was uh, so Eight years ago. Almost. Okay. Wow. And it was right after this problem I'd had with my first contract manufacturer at Native, mm-hmm. who was sort of like, hey, I've enjoyed working with you, Moyes, but- you know, she was making me 560 deodorant a week and she's like, this is getting to be too much. I want to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. So go transition to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I basically Googled around and at some point I got in touch with you or mm-hmm. with your uh, sales associate. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody said, yeah, at Texas Beauty Labs, the MOQ is 80 units. 80 units. And I was like, yeah, I remember yeah. it because I was like, wow, I can actually, like, other people were like, it's 500 or five, the people were like, it's 5,000. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe I can do it at 80. I was like, I'm already past this. Mm-hmm. All these other contract manufacturers I'd spoken with as well were like, uh, you know, it's probably October or November of 2015 that I was doing this. Yes. And I was like, when can you get me deodorant? And they're like, we could get you your first batch in six to 12 months. And I was like, mm-hmm. six to 12 months is insane. Are be, you crazy? I'll be I'll dead. I'll be dead. Exactly. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm going to be dead. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, and when I called you guys up, you're like, we can do it in six weeks. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, here's somebody who can do business with. <laughs> yeah. And we that's how we, busy. yeah, that's how you were very <laughs> busy. What we, okay. So uh, let's start with uh, Texas Beauty Labs. Yep. You started it in 2006. Is that yeah. right? Well, it's a blur, honestly. Two thousand, yeah, I think about two thousand, two thousand seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so Texas Beauty Labs is a contract manufacturer. And yes. for people who don't know what contract manufacturers are, mm-hmm. can you tell everyone what what they are? We make stuff for other people. So like, we don't have a line that's like Texas Beauty Labs or Cosmos Labs or anything. It's we make other people's products, and like they send us the packaging, we put it in the packaging, and and that's what we do. And specifically, you make personal care and beauty products yes. for other people. You're not yes. bottling hint water. You're bottling no. uh, 
The hint deodorant. The hint deodorant. That's and correct. One yes. further clarification. So you're basically the assembler, right? So you buy raw materials from mm-hmm. other places. Like yep. this morning we were talking about fragrance. So you buy fragrance. Yep. You buy the, you know, the coconut base, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then you guys put it together, put it into packaging and then ship it off. We also do like product development. So we like do the chemistry behind it. Back then we weren't really doing that. It was me being like, I think this will probably work, you guys. <laughs> like, you know, like I'd read like a book about homemade, like crafting with a K, you know, and that's how I was figuring it out. Yeah. Personally, that may be the best book uh, that you've ever gotten in terms of return. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Honestly, yeah. Okay. So you're working at, uh, you started Texas Beauty Labs in 2006. You know, I remember I've been to that facility, I think, that you started it at, or like certainly was early in your career. That was the third facility. That was the third facility. The okay. first facility, we shared a fence with a donkey and a horse. Wow. And a was mobile your, home. And a mobile home. Yeah, I don't live in a mobile home. Okay. No, no, yeah. I know it wasn't your donkey <laughs> yeah, yeah. horse, because I feel like it would be your donkey It wasn't. Horse. I did visit it every day. Though. You did? Okay. I yeah. did. Yeah. So when I saw- was you guys couple testing? Yeah. <laughs> Was it for what? No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm like, can we reach the donkey? Then I rubbed it in his eye. <laughs> I did not. No, I don't do that. Okay, so going to be happy with this. I know. <laughs> you started this facility. So by, in 2015, you're in your third facility. It's in Pflugerville, Texas. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the clients that you're making product for that you can talk about from back then? Or tell yeah. me some of the products you were making if you can't. Yeah, about. I mean, I can always, there's a few that I can talk about because yeah, like yeah. friends with. Yeah. So like Milk and Honey, yeah. like they're a spa in Austin. Now all they- over Austin. Yeah. Yeah, they're all they're over, over Austin now. Yeah. At that time, I think they only had like one location. I think it was just the one location. And then now they're like, she's expanding crazy. But like we started making the products for like the spa back bar. So like- that was really our one big client. We had other random things that were like, gosh, I can't even remember, but it, we were making 80 things. So like, imagine like we weren't, we were not doing very well um, at that point. I have, I have lots of stories about how we're not doing well and things I had to sell Yeah, to make that company work. Yeah. That was, you've told me some of those stories. Yeah. Like, Actually, we should talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Give me an example uh, of one of the fun. things you had to sell. I mean, it was a car, right? It was a car. So like, I finally, like we'd gotten enough money where like I bought an old Mercedes always wanted I grew up just like normal like in really like middle class maybe even lower middle class but I always wanted a Mercedes I bought it and then we got to a point in the business where you didn't have enough money for payroll and I had to sell it that is like still one of the most heartbreaking things I ever had to do because it was like it wasn't about the car it was like the emotional like I've made it you guys I have this old ass Mercedes but then I had to sell it because I got like too big for my britches yeah you know, it wasn't just the car. It wasn't the car. I had to pawn my wedding ring like, I don't know, 10. I mean, like at least 10 times. I really think 20. Yeah. My husband pawned his college ring. I used to say we almost foreclosed on our house, but Chase the other day was like, we did foreclose on our house. And I was like, what? And like, I don't know if it went through the full thing, but like it was all to make payroll because I had to have people. We had nine employees and I had to like pay them. And so that was my priority. I obviously wasn't getting paid. Yeah. Right. But like that was my priority. But my husband worked at Dell. He was an engineer and we didn't have money. We didn't have any investments. Like I actually don't still to this day take investments because it's, I'm, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I like to make my own money. And so all the money we had was money that Chase made working at Dell as an electrical engineer at like, I don't know, $75,000 a year. And so, like, we were negative for, I mean, I think eight years. Well, wow. until Moise came along. 
<laughs> That's a, a long, long time. time. It was like, a long time. You have so much uh, risk appetite, like more than anybody I've a- actually ever met. That's impressive. And I think is in the most unhealthy way I could possibly imagine. I'm fine. I'm going to preface this and say you and I are friends that have known each yes. other for a long time. Yes. But it's the un- most unhealthy thing I have. <laughs> like after I see Mary, I go back and I'm like, I need to cut a lot of my expenses because this is crazy. No. My goal in life, just FYI for everyone, is like I just take care of my guys. I have a lot of people like you guys and i'm always like have you taken care of your girlfriends are we going on vacations i want you guys to spend more money yeah for gun decks before we started recording (laughs) mary's question was what are you guys doing for valentine's day tomorrow i want to make sure that everybody's taken care of and but i do have i really once i honestly think that i built my business on spite people think i couldn't do it they thought i was like making like shit out of my house which i was for a while but like they thought it wasn't legit and i was like fuck them i'm gonna make this legit I'm going to work until, and luckily my husband is like the best person who ever like lived. And he was, he just kept being like, sure, we'll keep doing it. Sure. We'll keep doing it. I had close friends. I had people I trusted be like with tears in their eyes. Cause they know how much I worked. You really need to quit this business. This is really like pulling your family down. I had kids even when they were little, Yeah, it was still pulling my family down. And I just was like, no, I, I know I can do this. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, I've never met someone so motivated by spite then. I know. Well, I'm still motivated by spite. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I know. It still works. But like that is my number one motivating factor. It's my number one motivating factor. You know, I think that you say that, but I don't believe you actually. Because like when we were building Native together, you were like, this is so much fun. We're going to do new things yes. and make amazing products. You know, you that's got to true. grow your business. Yeah, that's and true. And you had all these people that relied on you that's uh, true. for work and you got to organize the team. That's true. You never yeah. missed a deadline and no. you weren't not missing deadlines because of spite for me. You were like, that's true. Uh, you know, I, I want to make great products. And I remember, um, so uh, you and, uh, uh, let me go back and tell a story. You and I started working together in like October 2015. Mm-hmm. You didn't fly on airplanes at the time. Oh, no, I had severe agoraphobia for that's a whole other thing. But for um, like 10 years of my life, I didn't leave my house. Uh, well, <laughs> you're like, oh, I saw you at the f- factory. You would still go to work. I'd still go to work. Yeah. But like I had yeah. safe places I would go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, like one time you drove up to San Francisco. I, I sure was working did. out at Tiny Co's office. You were. You came and visited on like a Tuesday. And uh, Nick, I'm not sure if I've told you this story. You know, this is the first time I think I met Mary in person or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, we start talking about Native and how things are going. And she's in San Francisco for like two or three days because she drove up there. So she can't just meet me and fl- like drive right in, right? Yeah. Well, tell my guys, Arizona is the worst place to drive through. <laughs> like, it's really long. <laughs> and so then um, the next day, our fulfillment factory is in Oakland. And I'm ran- I like rented a zip car, went to Oakland. And I started looking at our deodorants and, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the only employee at the company. I'm sort of just messing around. And I opened up a few and I was like, something looks a little bit off here. Mm-hmm. And so I put my finger in them and like, you know, instead of deodorant being solid, which it should be, mm-hmm. it sort of felt like lotion-y. I could push my finger mm-hmm. all the way to the bottom of the mm-hmm. deodorant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not how deodorant should be. Yeah. And so Mary is still in town. So I texted her or called her or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I think there's a problem with the deodorant. I'm bringing a bunch of samples. Can we meet again tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And so she says, yes. Um, she comes to Tiny Co's office again. And I'm like, here are four sticks of deodorant. Check them out. And she sees the same problem. And she calls up her factory the same, uh, within like the 30 seconds of seeing this problem. And it's like, you guys need to stop production right now. Mm-hmm. There's a problem. We don't know what the problem is. 
everyone stop working at this factory. And we're probably producing 500 units of deodorant a day at this mm-hmm. point, maybe yeah, even yeah, more yeah. than that. Yeah. It's a business at around 100K a month. Uh-huh. And we've been working on an, a new formula for the deodorant for a while. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were deciding between like version seven and version eight of mm-hmm. these two formulas. Mm-hmm. And we ended up going with version seven because of like a little bit of simplicity in the formula. There was no jojoba oil, I think it was, or it was, maybe it was avocado oil or something. something. And so we're like, okay, both of these look like we think they're good. You know, I thought like, you know, the difference of 0.01% or 0.1% of formula would make a difference and it really doesn't. Mm. And so we ended up going with version seven and, you know, that was on a Wednesday that we decided, hey, we can't produce any more deodorants. And either Friday or Monday, we were starting to produce version seven. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Like we had completely changed and like it was a dramatic difference in the formula. Yeah. We had completely changed the entire formula in 48 or 72 hours or, you know, something to that effect. We still do that today. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Because like, right, if it's working, it's working. If it's not, it's not. And I'm going to stop. Like, I have very long-term relationships and I am like lockstep with people. Yeah. Like, I take it more seriously that I'm making your product or your product than if it was mine. It's way more important to me that everything that goes out under anyone's name is perfect. Every last one. Yeah. And that's how I know it wasn't spite. Uh, Because she was like, I got to come in here and actually, (laughs) like, you know, I want to make this better. Yeah. yeah. And that's how, that's why I don't think that's you know, it's funny. In that yeah. same meeting, yeah. I walked out, and I never think about things like this. Yeah. I walked out of that building. I still remember where I was. I walked out of that building and I thought, I, I'm going to make a million dollars. And I don't know why, because like I don't think about money that much. That's not like I love money. We're sure we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but like, I, that's not my motivating factor for like things like this. But I thought this is it. This is how like I felt it like I'm like intuitive. Right. So I felt it in my bones. Like I was like, this is it. Like we've got it. We've got it squared away. This guy knows what he's doing. I didn't know what you were doing with the deodorants for a long time. Yeah. um, Because you're selling so many and I'd never worked with anyone selling so many of one thing. I was like, is he sending him overseas? Like, what is happening? I see that. I was like, just because I'm an immigrant doesn't mean I'm sending his things to Pakistan. I didn't know where. I didn't know what overseas, but I was like, what is happening? And then our person in charge of your account was like, I'm not going to ask him. And I was like... Okay, well, let's keep making them. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you guys thought it was money laundering or drugs. I, 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 I'm not sure how you money launder or by buying products. I don't know. Yeah, like I drugs that was great, this was right. a short. I mean, this was like drugs in there. I mean, I was, instead of baking soda, could you put this cocaine in it? <laughs> I mean, I was putting drugs in it. But like, yeah, no, you weren't. No, I was. Uh, no, yeah, there were no drugs, and I, I remember that because at one point you did have a conversation with me. I did, and you're like, "Where is all this going?" And yeah. I was like, "What do you mean?" And you're like, "What are you doing with all this children?" I'm like. Selling them. What do you think I could possibly be doing with thousands of six of deodorant? No, I did not know. And I was like, because he's storing them in a factory, just like waiting to sell them. Like I had no idea. I really perplexed me. Only for a few days, and then I moved on. And you know, one of the great things that we did together was like new scents all the time at Native, where like we would try and launch seasonal scents, and you were really good at being like. We're going to find scents that we think will fit your profile and your mm-hmm. customer. Yeah. And I've had, a, uh, I've struggled with other fragrance, working with fragrance houses and contract mm-hmm. manufacturers mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. They're generally far less proactive than you were, where you're like, I made a scent. I'm going to mail it to you tomorrow. Tell me what you think of it. Yeah. Everyone else is like, you know, what scent do you want? You know, what, like you were like, this is going to be a good scent for the product. And yeah. I felt like you were proactive about it. Yeah. A lot of other people in your industry are reactive and maybe even reactive is a bad word. Completely. Not you know, active. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not, not active is the right word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we like had this conversation this morning. Yeah. 
So for a long weekend, like we're sitting there, we had breakfast this morning and like, I was like, you know, I'd try not to be like, I don't like this scent. Like yeah. I try to be like nice Which, about it. First of all, coming from Mary to hear her hold back something, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I want to know what you're thinking. Yeah, I know. Uh, Mary has all the expertise. Yeah, she's yeah, been she one of her back. It's not Apparently. like, you can see it on her face pretty easily. <laughs> I know, I know. I, know. Like, I, know. <laughs> I remember in Austin too, you were holding back from like, you were like, I was. You, you wanted to say we should cut all shampoo, conditioner, yes, I did. and most body wash. Yeah. And you were like trying to say it. I didn't want to be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be a dick about it. Well, so then like- Did you guys do that? Did you guys- We did it, yeah, right there. Yeah, we did. Well, and I like had prepped myself to be like, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to give Nick a big pep talk. We're going to be like, these are great. This is when he came in and he wanted the same thing. And I was like, this is great. But like this morning, you know, we're talking about fragrances and I was like, you know what we need to do? I want long weekend to have the most elevated fragrances. I want it to feel like you're on a long weekend. What we have now is not, is not it. And so like we, I texted my fragrance house. I was like, can we come see you tomorrow? Like, you know, I'm going to bring yeah. Nick, you know, et cetera. So like, we can't make it happen tomorrow, but like, I'm coming back in two weeks. We're going to go there. We're going to pick the scents and they're going to be perfect because they're going to be like elevated. Like, actually, you guys are my favorite type of clients because I can just be like, okay, just let me pick for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In fact, like, I told Mary this morning, like, look, don't even waste 10 days sending us a sample and getting mm -hmm. a review. If yeah, you think it's good enough. Yeah, that's the right one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously I want to know what you think. Sure. Kind sure. of, but then like, and I, like, I don't really. Yeah, like your opinion yeah. doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I want you to. But to be fair, I've spent, I'm going to say maybe a hundred to hundreds of thousands of dollars on like every product that ever existed. So like, I feel like I know what's amazing. We're working on a project for Nick that is just like, I kind of was like not excited about it. But I got it and I like fucking love it. It's one of my favorite things. And I don't say that lightly. Like I see lots of things. Yeah. And the smell is amazing. The product is amazing. And I took it from the lab and took it home. And used it yourself. You used it myself. I didn't have my sample. Wow. He did. <laughs> he wanted it and I was going to give it to him. But then I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you. So I can't. It's mine. <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> I want to move on to something a little bit different. So, you know, you grew obviously Texas Beauty Labs. Mm -hmm. You ended up moving on from that business and started another one, another contract manufacturer yes. called Cosmos Labs, yep. which are running now. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where Long Weekend is made to Correct. Is that yes. right? Yes. In fact, the day her non-compete expired and the day she started Cosmos Labs, that morning I texted you asking what I should do with this Long Weekend, you know, container that was coming my way. <laughs> Scanning, yes. You said, call Mary an hour before Mary texted me to catch up. And it was perfect. And she yeah. was like, oh, this oh, is that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, just send it over here, babe. We got <laughs> like, just come on. Just we don't have a loading dog, but we'll figure it out. Because like the place I rented didn't wasn't really it didn't have a loading dog. It was yeah. us. But I was like, we'll figure it out. Send it here. Because like, yeah. what are you so going to do? Right. Yeah. I, I was ex I mean, yeah. I was asking Moyes if he had a spot in Brooklyn I could send it to. No, I'm not sure where you think I'd do it. I'm going to have a random warehouse in different cities. I'm not the drug dealer that Darian no. suggested earlier. Um, <laughs> suggested. Uh, yeah, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, the first place that she rented in Pflugerville or that we worked at, she didn't have a uh, loading dog either. So we had to lift Gator, which was like yeah. $40 on YRC every yeah. time. It that. still is. And then when you moved, you know, I was like, hey, are you going to get a loading dock? Because that'll save me $80 or, uh, you know, $120 a week. And you're like, yeah, there's oh, a yeah, loading for dock sure. here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell me a little bit, like, you know, as this, uh, as you've been in contract manufacturing, it's sort of grown a lot since 2000, let's say, 14 to today. Huh. What makes good clients? Like, uh, you know, Native was clearly a good client for you because we grew on the back of your ability to grow. And I want to talk a little bit more about how 
how you helped us grow. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, what makes a good client for you today? I would say like there's two kind of pathways. Like one, like my favorite one, I have two favorites. One is guys like you guys that are marketing guys that know like what you're doing in marketing, what you're doing, like how to sell products, you know, that kind of thing. Because then I get to do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, you know, you guys give me guidance. You're like, I kind of want these products or I want some deodorant or we want to do seasonals. And like, you know, we'll have the conversation. And then I'm like, great. I'm going to get, you know, for pumpkin spice, I'm going to get four versions of pumpkin spice. I'm going to show you my favorite too, you know, and then like I get to pick and then I'm so controlling. (laughs) Like that's my favorite thing. Yeah. You know, that's a really great client because like I am really good at what I do. And so if I start having a lot of like people like in the kitchen, yeah, then it becomes, it becomes harder and it becomes longer. Eventually we get there, but it's a very long process, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be. My second favorite is people who come with like very intense product briefs because they know they know what they want. It's not like, oh, I think I kind of like this oil or maybe I like this or, you know, that kind of thing. They know what they want. They know the price point. They know the components going to go in. You know, that we can get that done really quickly, too. And are they bringing formulas to you primarily? No. No. Yeah. Because they're like, you know, they'll be like, I want like a face cream for mature skin. I want it to have squalene in it. I don't want to have um, hyaluronic acid or whatever it is. And then, you know, then we're like, great, this is some great frame. They're going to put it in a pump with this and, yeah. you know, and they want to order 5,000. Yeah. So then, you know, that lets us know we can't have any materials that have really large like MOQs that we have to buy because yeah. we don't want to sit and get bad. Like it gives us a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And so, but some, some people when they're starting brands and they don't have the experience, they don't know how to do that. Yeah. Right. And so that's something we're working on having a stopgap in there to have those people to help those people out. Right. But it turns out a lot of times those people aren't really, they're not, they have this idea for a product, but it's not even really, they don't know how to sell it either. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes really hard I have a really hard time saying no because I like to help people. Sure. I like to help people like fulfill their dreams. And so like, I feel like a dick being like, this isn't going to sell. This is a terrible idea for a product. And also I'm not going to make any money. Yeah. And so like my 2023 goals are to learn how to say no. We're working on it when you're in Austin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I now have like a, a response that I'll send to people that basically says no in a nice way. Yeah. yeah I'm terrible at that. Yeah. Time. What's What do you say? So it basically says, I'm sure you just write, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But it basically says like, let's throw it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, to be what? candid, my, my call is packed, blah, blah, blah. I have so yeah. many projects going on. Yeah. Basically tells them like, no. And in, in yeah, yeah. It is really tough. I feel like you probably, yeah. I'm sure all of us get a bunch of emails where we're just like, look, this isn't a good use of anyone's time. Yeah. Well, I tried to take one of these calls recently. And this oh, girl's like, like a mentor pass call. No, it wasn't. Just, it was just uh, some random email. Yeah. And I was like, look, I want to help this person out. They're like, you know, just graduated college and we're starting an e-commerce business. And they were like, you know, I'm selling kids clothing and I'm at like $200 a month. And I'm like, oh, there is so much work to do. Like, you yeah. know, I don't know how to get you from 200 to 10,000 a month. Right. But I will say this because um, I had Cosmos Vita, which yeah. was a vitamin brand. I had between my non-compete, I like couldn't do beauty and I couldn't do manufacturing. Yeah. So I had Cosmos Vita. It was a vitamin brand. I thought it was a great idea. I was super excited. I saw, I've seen everybody build these brands and I was yeah. like, I can do it too. Yeah. Um, I can't do it. But I like, I was in New York. I had lunch with Moise at Baltazar and we're sitting out there and I, he was like, just pull up, pull up your like budget, pull up all these things. He like looked at it on my phone on a spreadsheet and he was like, shut this business down now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, shut it down now. And like, honestly, that's the best thing you did for me because I, 
I trust you and I know yeah. that you, you know what I mean? And so that it was the best thing. So like being clear is kind, right? Yeah. And so I try to work on that. That was really a kindness for me because I could be like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. Let's cut it off. We did. And then I was like, you know what I'm really good at? <laughs> Beauty contract manufacturing. Yeah. So yeah. like when my non-compete was up, I was like, I'll do that again. Yeah. And I and I love it. Like I'm yeah. super passionate about it. So one thing you were starting to say was products that do well. What are like, so you've probably manufactured hundreds of different types of products. Yes. There's obviously products that people you know, know really well, a cleanser, body wash, deodorant. What are other products that like do well that kind of shocked you? You know what I'm getting a lot of, and I'm just not mature enough to handle, is like sexual wellness products. So like all, <laughs> I don't know. Sure to handle. I'm not, Eagle? I get really red in the face. I'm 45 <laughs> years old. Yeah. I should, and I'm married. Yeah, sure. It have been for. It have been for like I don't know what is it like a long time. Like twenty something years. I should know. Damn it, Valentine's Day tomorrow. I don't even know. Um, like I legit was on a call. This I don't know. This might have to be edited out. It's on a call with these two younger girls, and it's these younger like millennial types that are like wanting to talk about sexual wellness and i'm like okay i can do it and so like everyone is in our room it's an open office and the computer's here so like they're like you know we want to work on basically an after intimacy repair ointment because we were in italy and you know everyone at the wedding we were at a wedding and everyone's hooking up with everyone just all day all night everyone's hooking up with everyone and so we needed an ointment and i thought here's a hot tip girls go to bed you can stop doing that. <laughs> just go take a fucking nap. You know what I mean? But instead, I was like, oh, yeah. Once I was in Italy, and no, I'm not just going to No. But I just was like, I'm red right now. Like, yeah, I just, just like can't handle it. And I'm getting a lot of it, you guys. It's like it's a new category that's up and coming. And I think I can do it. I think I can, like, I think I can do it. But it's just when I get stories like that, I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, um, did you like it? Are we like, I don't know. Yeah. What do you say to that? What would you say to that? I'd say, what is the ointment supposed to do? I'm a little lost on what that ointment yeah. is for, but it's like, uh, like maybe. if you, it's, do you want me to tell you? Yeah. It's yeah, like, no. you're like rubbed raw. Maybe this doesn't happen to men, but for women, you can get like rubbed raw and then you want that to like soothe at your section. Oh, good. Like a hello um, type thing. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a, a balmy type thing to yeah. make be like, we're all okay here. Yeah. Yeah, I know you've worked a lot, but you're time off. <laughs> time to yeah. hibernate. Yeah, what would you what would you say? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd have somebody else take that call. I know, right? I think great. We're gonna charge you twelve dollars a unit. Twelve dollars a unit. Yeah, how many do you need? <laughs> okay, 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 that's uh, fair. But um so is that like you said that category is up and coming. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I would imagine you do a lot of deodorants right now, we just do. based on the fact that like you've done a lot of deodorants and have a great reputation for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and did a fantastic job at Native with it. Mm -hmm. What are other cat like, you know, are you still doing a lot of deodorants? What are other categories? You mentioned sexual wellness as one. Yes. For me, I have a tough time seeing sexual wellness as a category that takes off in a massive way. Like I can't imagine Target being like, let me put a big end cap right here of sexual wellness products. Okay, do you know that's happening at Sephora? They're putting big end caps They're for sexual putting wellness. big vibrators everywhere. Hmm. And I don't like that either. What is wrong with me? Is it because I'm Southern? Like, is it because I'm a Southern lady? I'm not even saying I don't like it. I guess yeah. I just never thought that like the sexual wellness products at Target would be a place, because they're trying to be a little bit more family oriented for yeah. a better okay. term. And so I feel like at Target, you're not going to be like, let me walk my kids up this place. And they're like, right. 
uh, having too much raw sex in Italy threw a bunch of products for you, you know? Like, I think Target would be like, no, we're not going to allow that sign. Yeah, no. No, I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of a trend right now. It, yeah. And I've gotten, I'm telling you, like, out of 10 phone calls, three of them are about that, which is a lot to me. Yeah, that is a lot. But we do facial care. Like, we're really good at facial care. We have a chemist that is, like, really, like, talented in facial care. Like, that's what we like to do. The, that's where we get our best yeah, margins. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> that's where you get your best margins. That's where we get our best margins, right? Like, tiny things that cost, like, you know, yeah. you can charge $100 for. Yeah. Right. One of the questions I always uh, wondered was, you know, you go and buy all these raw materials to make skincare and mm-hmm. or deodorants or whatever it is. And then you mix those in, you know, you're the the raw ingredients sit on your balance sheet and that mm. you're the owner of the raw ingredients. Like mm. when I was working at Native, you were never like, Moise, you need to buy more coconut oil. Like mm. you bought the coconut oil. Yeah. yeah. But then how much of that like gets accidentally wasted, I guess, because- We're very careful about that because okay. while I love to spend money, I'm also super aware of waste. Yeah. And not because of the environment, I wish it was, but yeah. it's because like I hate wasting money. Yeah. So like we do, Chase worked at Dell for a long time and so they did just in time. So he worked, he was an electrical engineer. So like the building he worked at, like they had all these 18 wheelers just stacked up and at like 9 a.m. and at noon, they would sell the parts for the orders that came in at that time to Dell and like literally like wheel them out. And Dell would take, do you, do you know about yeah, this? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, Dell would take like, you know. So. Possession of them and then book them on the balance sheet, but they'd use them right away. Yes. So they're basically sitting in a truck owned by somebody else. As yes. soon as you get take them off the truck, they're owned by you. And it was by necessity that we tried to build our business that way. It couldn't yeah. be exactly like that. Yeah. But we didn't have enough money to buy four, you know, 55 gallon barrels of coconut oil it's, it, when we started. Yeah. So we would buy just in time. So like, let's say you place an order for, I don't know, 100,000 deodorants. Yeah. I would, that we produce a buy list and it's like, you need X amount of coconut oil for that. So then I would, we do the conversion to barrels and then, you know, it's like, I don't know, 10 barrels or whatever. So then I'm buying, like, I'm also a hoarder. And so I'll be like, I'm going to buy 12 barrels, yeah. but not over. Yeah. And so then it gets like, um, like decorated. What's that word? Decremented. Uh, decremented. Yeah. yeah. Decremented. Yeah. Decremented through our system. Yeah. So meaning when we're done with that 100,000, we still realize we have these two barrels here, yeah. but it goes to the next thing. Yeah. So. Wow. You were doing that even like, you know, Native went from 500 units of deodorant a week to 21,000 a day with you. Yes. Every you were day. doing that even at 21,000 a day, you were like, great. What's the buy list for this 21,000 a day? Yes, wow. but yeah, sense. It's yeah. Just right. yeah, and we would even have. I found it the other day. I have I I have weird like worksheets that I remember from back then. But like, we had to go count. So we did a weekly count because that system works pretty well. But yeah. like, you know, you still have to go back and put eyes on the materials. Sure, sure. especially because Native had like what eleven materials or twelve materials in yeah. it. Like, and we were making it every single day. Yeah, you know, and so we knew we needed to. Ha- we always had to have four palates of sterile alcohol you know what i mean like we always knew we needed that once we got to that level yeah now with long weekend as it's growing we start buying the materials like in smaller amounts because we don't want it to go bad we don't know how often you're going to reorder hopefully all the time you know but once we get into the cadence of knowing what you want i will start taking that risk Mm -hmm. to buy more of those specialty materials and so was it like 10 percent wasted just in terms of like no, it wasn't even 10%. It was less no, than that. No, 10% okay. was like, I need to buy Chanel's with that money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have priorities for that money. Yeah, yeah. So like, okay. no, like we, and in fact, we hand poured yeah. Native forever. Yeah. And our QC, like, because we were so like picky about it, 
was less than 1%. Like it just- The quality control the, the issues quality that control you had were less than 1%. Wow. Yes. Now that being said too, like I guess it doesn't really count. Sometimes we would have a batch that like, you know, cause it's anhydrous meaning it doesn't have any water in it. And like water would get into the tank, which means it could contaminate it. Mm-hmm. So like for me also like that, I will scrap it. I'll scrap yeah. a batch. I don't care how much money I lose. It is not worth it to have any sort of like issue and contamination. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember so, you calling me, uh, you know, several bit, times yeah. over the uh, over five years being like, hey, we're supposed to make this today and mm-hmm. put on a truck tomorrow. Uh, we need to it. scrap this thing. Yeah. I mean, and like, I would much rather take that hit yeah. with you than yeah. like, oh, we sent this out to 21,000 people and now they have mold in their armpits. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that is like my worst nightmare, most horrifying thing that could yeah. ever happen. Okay, so we know retention is the yin to the yang of acquisition. And we know about email, we know about SMS, we know about all these other channels. But one thing I think we don't talk about a lot is push notifications and mobile apps. And this is where Tapcart comes in. If you saw the Shopify Editions update that just came out, they talked a ton about their app, Shop, which is doing a ton for merchants. They're seeing higher AOVs, they're seeing higher conversion rates. And we've actually seen the same with our clients who use a TapCard app. The beauty is you can't even tell it's built by TapCard. The TapCard essentially is the CMS. It's the Shopify of the mobile app. Uh, They build it in TapCard, they get it live, and they can start sending traffic either through their email list, on their site, there's a little pop-up that says, you know, open, open the app versus looking at it on the site. And it's been pretty amazing to see how special customers feel in their mobile app. You know, they get push notifications, they get customized notifications based on when they last bought. So if you're buying, you know, if I bought native deodorant and I'm, you know, 40 days out, I'll get a push notification that says, hey, you're probably running out. Click here, you know, get a discount or whatever. Click here to buy real quick. I think it's something that our limited supply listeners should check out. And they can actually get two months free at tapcart.com slash limited. So check it out, build an app, send it to us. We'll review it, DM it to me or Moise. And we'll see you on the other side. One of my favorite stories is that, you know, we use a bunch of baking soda from, oh, it was Arm & Hammer versus Complete Arm & Hammer. And Mary would get it by getting ordering Instacart from Costco and bringing in bags and bags of this 50-pound stuff. Is that right? It is so true. And I don't know if you know this part of the story. So, like, then when Chase started working for the company, my husband. Yeah, you sent him. I said him because he also was trying to save money because that's how he is. And I'm like, just let them do it, but whatever. So he would go and he was getting it at Costco and someone, an Instacart person came up to him and was like, oh, you got Mary buried. Uh, And he was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you have to get all the baking soda. And he was like, you do not know how hard I've been. (laughs) For life. How many bags, like how often was that delivery and how many bags was, do you remember the cost? I I remember we ordered 50 bags at a time because other than that, it seemed cruel. (laughs) 50 bags of baking soda from Costco via Instagram. And they're 13.5 pounds. Okay. So like, okay. but I did tip 25%, okay, which is nice. above and beyond. But like, I did felt bad. back to Moise? No. Well, I mean, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately yeah, yeah, yes. Sure. But like, that yeah. That's how it was work. Yeah, it it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. But like, I felt bad because I had to look those people in the face when they brought it to me. Yeah. Like, right. you know. Um, But then it was actually when P&G came. They basically were like. There's a better way here. Oh, no, maybe it was when Jordan came. It was, yeah, it okay. was him. Because he was like, look, the uh, one of the reasons that you're not producing the, you know, we're hand pouring products. Mm-hmm. So we we'll always get a little bit of variability. But mm-hmm. overall, I thought we did, you know, we're doing 21,000 of these a day. And we probably had less than one issue a quarter, I would say, wow. mm-hmm. which is, you know, really hard to achieve. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that uh, oh, well, we got this like uh, 
process engineer to come by and do an audit. And he, believe it or not, uh, my friend Sam Lang introduced me to him uh, randomly. I tried to recruit him for like four years uh, to join Native, and he's like, no. This sounds like a, he's like, what are you doing with all of these deodorants as well? Um, but he worked like I worked at Tidy Co. in San Francisco, which was like in the standard oil building on the 19th floor. On the 20th floor was the headquarters of Benefit Cosmetics. Mm. And he was a process engineer at Benefit. And, uh, you know, it was fantastic. Like every time, every, once in a while, I'd be like, here are some deodorants I have. I'd be like, let's go to lunch. I'm like, here's a bunch of deodorants. What do you think? And he's like, these are fine. Mm -hmm. um, then I finally flew him out to uh, Austin. And he's like, uh, one of the things that you when you're buying Arm & Hammer baking soda is that, uh, is it baking soda or baking powder? It's baking soda. soda. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, um, the particles could be different sizes. Mm -hmm. And so he actually brought me samples. He's like, look, here are particles that are like finely ground. Mm -hmm. And here are particles that are not finely ground. And here's a mix of both. Put your hands in and mm -hmm. you could feel the difference instantly. It's yeah. weird. And he's like, you know, when you buy from an Arm & Hammer bag at Costco, you could get any of these things because there's no, they're not promising anything. Yeah. But if you order for direct from the supplier, you can mm -hmm. choose what what level of like, you know, granular micro powder or uh, what level of gra granular size you prefer, whether it's five uh, nanometers or 15 nanometers or something like that. And so he's like, just be consistent with it and you'll have a more consistent product. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Interesting. this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is like no one, like very few people know this. I think at any contract manufacturer, very few people know this. It's only when you work with a process engineer who's worked at like a PNG or a mm -hmm. benefit mm -hmm. where they're like, okay, this kind of stuff can make a difference. And they bring that type of lens uh, when they're auditing an organization. Yeah, it, it was super interesting to us too, because basically what the Arm & Hammer does, as far as I understand, is they take the aggregate of what's left over from all the different particle sizes and put it in the bags. Like these, these there it's for swimming pools, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, use it for like chemicals for a swimming pool. It's super interesting. This is right. Fifty bags, thirteen pounds a bag. Do you remember the cost of that? Like, do you remember what it was from Instacart? Shin, I can't remember. I feel like it, I don't know, five hundred yeah, or no six hundred dollars or something like gotcha. that. I think it's eight dollars a bag. Okay, and you order it once a week or seven fifty nine. Well, how often do you order it? We usually do two or three times a week. Wow. And That's because Instacart. Somebody got Mary buried hard. They yeah. did. I yeah. know. Yeah. No, they did. I felt bad about it. And I was like, can we change the name? <laughs> like Chase Berry or <laughs> Ashley Bender or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. What's been some of your favorite favorite products to work on outside of deodorant? Like, what do you, what do you personally find a lot of fun? I'll tell you, like, when I first came to Austin mm. and we were combing through the container uh, you picked up a deodorant and you're like, this weight is wrong Yeah, without even opening it. Yeah. And we got a scale and you were right. And yeah. I feel like you were in your element there. Yeah. What are other parts of this contract manufacturing business that you find a lot of joy in? One of the funny things about me is like, if you were to be like, how much is a gallon of milk? I would be like $15. <laughs> I'd be like $2, 50 cents. I have zero idea. Yeah. How much is the price of glycerin? 10 cents an ounce. How much is it for organic glycerin? 12 cents an ounce shipped. Like, where do you get it? This, this, this. Like, I can yeah. like remember those things. Like in life, I don't know. But it is my element. Like I can look at something and be like, because also I've done so much deodorant right. and we've worked so much on fill sizes. So like, you remember with Native, we spun up, maybe it wasn't Native, it was someone else. We spun up the the elevator yeah. to have a smaller fill size to make it cheaper to ship. So like, you know, all of that, we, like, I can just- That was us. I don't know, you might have done it with other people, but we started yeah. at 2.9 and moved to 2.65 with you. Yes, that's right. 
Yeah, it's just one of my skills. I don't know. I don't have that many skills. <laughs> That's yeah. one of them <laughs> to be like, well, and also like it was also with your bars. So the people that you bought the business from were like weighing the bars with a box. Right. And I'm like, this is not right. And then I was like, Nick, like I felt so bad because like I felt like I was like really like shitting all over your like no, project good. because then we need. I know, but like I hate doing that. I only like to bring joy and happiness <laughs> and not like this is wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is it tough to hire someone? Like, you know, I remember when we were doing the handport of native, you had mm-hmm. 150 people or at least 100 people in that facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you move from like, it should move from like 800 square feet to 16,000 square feet mm-hmm. or something like that. You walked in, the first time I walked in, I was like, this place is massive. Mm-hmm. You know, six months later, I walked in, I'm like, there's no room in this sp- spot yeah. anymore. Yeah. Was it hard to hire that many people and manage that many people? And like, it- you know, that's a very, Quick change for an organization yeah. from a headcount perspective. It was at first because we were hiring people at $10 an hour yeah. and we were hiring people through Craigslist. And so, you know, Courtney R. would call in and be like, I threw up. I can't come in today. Like yeah. all these calls would start coming in at like 6 a.m. because that's when it started. And so I shared an office with Ashley, the operation, or my operations person. And so I should start getting these calls and I'd be like, and then she'd have to redo the schedule. We did the schedule on a dry erase boards. Courtney R. was responsible for making 600 deodorants that yeah. day. So we had erased her fucking name yeah. and like put those against everyone else. So then I was like, why? I was like, $10 an hour is pretty good, right? For, I thought, for manufacturing. But then I read this article about how a living wage is different than minimum wage. And I never realized that. I don't know if that makes me like a jerk or whatever, but like I didn't know that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what's the living wage in Austin? It was 12.75 at the time. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to start paying people 1275 because I can't walk through this place and look all of these people in the eye and know that they're struggling. Right. And I'm like happily making money. Yeah. But these people doing my extension. I know. Yes. Doing all the things. (laughs) And all these people like are barely making ends meet. That sucks. Like I can't like I can't do that. So we raised it to 1275 and then we just kind of like got a good group of people and then they start getting their friends and all that kind of thing. So I think it was that we also do a lot of things like we do birthday like every month we have a birthday lunch. Yeah, we still do it. So like, you know, for everyone's birthday in January, we have a lunch and we all eat together and and we have there are a lot of Spanish speakers. So like I'm trying to learn Spanish because like I also super want to communicate with them because like they're amazing people, you know. And so I think it's that I think that we you know, we have people that have worked for us, you know, when when it was Texas Beauty Labs working for us for three years. That's like unheard of. And manufacturing. Yeah. But it's because we treat them like if I get a sniff of someone being ugly to someone else, I will rip them up by their ear and toss their mean ass out the door. Yeah. Like I had someone that we were firing, like go through, open the big door to that big room and start yelling racial slurs to all the people in there. And I did what we call a hot Cheeto where like I get really red here and I get this ungodly voice. And I'm like, I need you to get out of the building. <laughs> and like, I like start, like, I'm like phys- about to physically assault her because I was like, you cannot talk to people this way. Yeah. I will not allow it. These, this is my house. Sure. Like, I still get hot about it. I'm like, yeah. so mad because like, these are people that come here, they work hard and they, we all, they deserve to be treated like nicely and fairly. And like, that's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. yeah. I feel like culture is so overlooked. It's very well managed, I think, in jobs where there's like physical labor. Like I think the the companies that, you know, whether it's a contract manufacturer, a moving company, installation company, like the companies that manage culture there really well grow really quickly. Yeah. And they're able to grow 
you know, in a way where they're not, where people don't feel like, oh, my job might be gone tomorrow or yeah. things like that. But it's not looked at the same way in a lot of like, uh, you know, non-physical labor jobs. I would agree with that um, because like I want, I want everyone to enjoy coming to work. And we have a strict no assholes rule for like anyone that works there or any clients that we work with. In fact, I fired two clients recently because they were like not nice to the people working, like working on their account. And I was like, I would not have done that like last year, the year before. But like 2023, I'm like, no, I'm not going to allow like people to come in and like treat other. You know, they wouldn't say it to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you're not going to see if you're going to treat someone else that I don't know. I just want to handle it. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I think you mentioned that you uh, uh, raised your wages from like ten bucks an hour to twelve seventy five. My parents, when we were when I was hiring for whenever I hire, my parents were like, "Why are you paying more than like forty five thousand dollars?" Yeah, and I was like, you don't understand. Like, if you're paying what everyone else pays, there's no like loyalty. People are ready to change jobs really easily. If you pay like you know the extra twenty percent, yeah, people are like, "Wow, I'm being treated fairly and yes. well and equitably," yes. and like you know this company really values my time. Yeah. yeah. And if that 20% is something you can afford, it dramatically makes a difference in that person's quality of life and that person's loyalty and yes. treatment of the business yeah. back to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I think there are some businesses that probably can't, like Walmart. I'm not sure if Walmart could give a 20% raise mm-hmm. to everybody and still make money. I don't know if, yeah. what, what their economics look like, but businesses like ours and probably yours, yeah, that's like, you know, is like where you're like, look, I can pay you a little bit more to show loyalty and- yeah engender that type of uh, good relationship and goodwill with you. And I think yeah. it's so important to do. It is. Yeah. Well, now, like, living wage in Austin is sixteen twenty five. Yeah. And that's the lowest that you can make yeah, yeah. for us now. <laughs> um, And, like, you know, yeah, that doesn't make me the cheapest. I'm never going to be the cheapest. Yeah. You know, like, but I will fly out to New York, even though I've just been here yeah, two weeks later meeting. for one meeting to make sure that long weekend is taken care of. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's important to me. And so... I think, you know, it's give and take and I'm not everybody's like solution, right? Like not everyone like wants to be Mary Berry, <laughs> but some people do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, well, we don't have that much time left. So I want to go back to uh, some of these questions that we've got on here. Yeah. Okay. This is a cop. What's your favorite product? But let, let me not ask that. What's the fa- your favorite memory of running Texas Beauty Labs or Cosmos Labs? Like what's your favorite memory or last 15, okay. 20 years doing this? Um, we were years. on, you were there. I, we were on the Inc. 500 fastest growing company. Oh my God. And we were, we were like 261 or something. We were really high. I was, you were or Moise was? I was. Yeah, no, yeah. We were not. Texas, Texas Beauty Labs. Well, you would have been, but you just didn't play. Um, but like we were. And so I spent, I'm not super good on a computer. I'm like, okay. But like I took all the pictures from when I started it in my house. And like I made this video montage. Like, and I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed the whole time I was making it. And then we had this big party. Moise happened to be there. And I got so drunk that I had drinks spilled all down my shirt. And it, you could see it. Mm-hmm. And I was so drunk I could barely even say a word. In fact, Moise kept trying to feed me more water and food. And I kept being like, I'm fine. <laughs> but like I got, I sure did get up in front of that whole group of people. And I was, it was like, I, something made me cry now. My heart, like the people that worked on that company, the reason that, that company worked just the people that worked there. It has nothing to do with me. It's everyone that came together and made it work. Same with Cosmos Labs. But like my heart was 10 times the size that day. That day. And like watching that video of how we grew, that's like, I think that's my favorite memory. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay, great. Will you send that? Like, I'd love to share that video if you don't mind. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I can totally share that video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just take a I remember the video a little bit. I remember you being very drunk very well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think when I walked in, I was like, okay. You're like, I know. Someone's been having shots before everyone else got here. I I did. I got there for like the sole purpose of like, I am getting super drunk. And my kids were even there. And they're I remember. Yeah. I remember Bo was wearing like a seersucker suit. He was. And I was like, wow, this eight-year-old looks (laughs) sharp. I know. I know. (laughs) should run for office right now. I know. I know. Yeah, they did. Uh, That is a good memory. That's a really good one. It was, I was so, so, so proud of the team at that moment. That like it, my heart is today ten times its size thinking about him. Okay, let yeah. me ask you a much tougher and worse question, which is, what is your least favorite memory? Um, selling the business. Also, I could cry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those- Everything happens for a reason, and so like I really believe that. But that twenty twenty, like besides the pandemic, besides all of it, like just selling the business and how all of that worked out, just um, is my least favorite part. Mm. But. Bright side, I learned a lot of things. Yeah. And, you know, we're back to the spite building. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so the first time, too, you had like a quote unquote business partner, right? Yeah. After you sold the uh, Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not um, fit to have a business partner. Yeah. Like, I myself am not fit. I should know that about myself. I'm too wild. I do crazy shit all the time. Like, I wildly am like, let's do this. And then that's not fair or nice to a business partner, you know? Yeah. And no one reminds me a lot of like the entrepreneurs that move quickly and their strength is actually the core team around them, the people that report directly into them. Mm -hmm. And so you don't necessarily, you know, you'll obviously make sure there's a good culture for the rest of the team, but like your job is to basically move quickly and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. And then your team around you executes that on your behalf. Yes. And you can keep going forward. Yeah. I mean, y'all know Ashley, my Ashley, she's the, she's the COO now. She's business part. I when I started this new business, I was like, she has to be a partner. Like, I can't do this without her. I literally can't because she like makes everything happen. We have a few other people like that, and it's just you're right. That's exactly my mo. I know that I can't. I can be like, Moise, this is not working, but I'm sure gonna make sure it works. And then I go back to them, and then they make it work. Mm-hmm. That's why it's the team that does it, right? You know, it's totally. I can't take the credit. You know, I think you're not taking enough credit. I remember there was one time where I was like, hey, I need to increase production. Mm. And I think my sales rep was like, uh, told you later on, I heard the story was like, we can't do this. Like, this is too hard. The yeah. system's going to break. And you're like, this is our biggest client. We're not yeah. saying no under any circumstance. Yeah. And, you know, that requires, I, I like, I, I agree with what Nick said. I think your other uh, thing that may make it harder to be your business partner is you have so much risk appetite and yeah. so much like, I'm going to run into this wall and maybe it'll uh, fall down and we'll get through it. Yeah. And if it does, it'll be great. And if not, I'm going to pretend like I didn't run into the wall and I'm going to run into another one. Yeah. And yeah. other people are like, wait, how much is this going to cost? And you're like, uh, we're just going to run through walls. Yeah. The, the cost is a byproduct of running through walls. Our mission is to run through walls. Yes. I so agree. cost is like a secondary uh, byproduct. I don't even know if it's secondary. Yeah. I feel like it's yeah. like, wait, that's also why you need to be mine. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, um, like B2B, what do you think's the... If you had to give advice to somebody else who runs a manufacturer or a marketing mm-hmm. agency or what else, whatever mm-hmm. software, what what is your best piece of advice for them to retain clients? I would say like when you say you're a partner, like everyone says, oh, we're partners, we're a partnership, blah, blah. Like be a fucking partner. Mm-hmm. Don't just say you're a partner, like yeah. fucking do it. Fly back two weeks later to New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I have meetings all that week. Doesn't matter. I'm going to make time. It's important to me. I'm your partner. I want to make sure your business is working. With you, it was like, you need to increase 
someone says no, I'm like, fuck that. We're yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, we you were know? on the phone all the time. Yeah. That was a genuine partnership. Yeah. You have to be a genuine partner and not just be like, oh, we're all partners. You know, like, mm-hmm. no, be a partner. Do it. Show up. Show up. Make yeah. it happen. I've been told before, like, I only have built a business. The only businesses I build are on Christmas. It's kind of offensive. The kind of businesses true. you built are what? On Christmas. I, somewhat, on Charisma. Yeah, I built my last business on yeah. Charisma alone, yeah. is what I was told. Which, you know, is kind of a compliment and also kind of a dig, like, I'm an idiot. But, like, <laughs> no, like, right, though? Like, no, I built that business. I mean, I didn't. My team built that business on, like, sure fucking will. There are so many things that you guys said. I remember we were like, we need more product. And you're like, okay, we're going to do Saturday shift. I would and do you push your time. team to like Saturday shifts. Yeah. And then you do it like for a one or two weeks in a row. And then you're like, look, I can't do it for three weeks in a row. I need mm-hmm. to give these guys a break. Yes. And then you were like, um, you know, you're like, look, we don't want to have, we don't want to make two cents of deodorant on the same day mm-hmm. because we might fuck something up. Yeah. Finally, I got them to do that. They would put mm-hmm. like those bank lines, like, you know, those mm-hmm. things that separate you at a bank. Yeah. They'd put mm-hmm. that down the middle of their building to separate people who are making different scents. Mm-hmm. And then like, let's say you're making coconut and vanilla, they put a brown sheet of paper and tape it to your back yeah. on your clothing. So they're like, walking yeah, if you walk mm-hmm. onto the purple side where they're mm-hmm. making lavender and rose, mm-hmm. you, we're going to know and you need to get the fuck back yeah. to your side. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be like very careful about making sure that we didn't accidentally pour like, you know, the, oh, yeah, coconut and vanilla in the lavender and rose or the lavender and rose in the coconut and vanilla. Right. Yeah. So I thought there was like hard work and then there was ridiculous ingenuity as well. Like we yeah. tried, you know, we were hand pouring these deodorants mm-hmm. and um, that was fine to 500 units a week. Right. Then we were like, okay, that, I remember the first time I visited you in Pflugerville, you were like, mm-hmm. we have a machine to start pouring these deodorants. And I was like, great. <laughs> Finally, we're going to be able to like reduce costs and make this faster and all this and scale. And like, I looked at the machine and it was probably the it's size like, of, yeah, it's probably like this big, but like yeah. one of those old via, like, you know, camcorders. We're going to be so good. And, uh, you know, uh, I was like, hey, what's going on with the machine for, for the next couple of weeks? And Mary's like, it's not really working well. We're just going to keep hand pouring it. Uh-huh. Then we're like, okay, we need to find another machine. And they found a, the machine that filled chicken pot pies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it could mm-hmm. fill really thick products like chicken mm-hmm. pot pie. If you're making chicken pot pie, you know, you mm-hmm. make the crust and then you need to fill all the carrots and peas yeah. and everything. Yeah. So it'd squirt all that stuff in chicken pot pies. And they're like, this is going to work for your deodorant. Like the unique thing about Native was it was a thick formula with no water poured at a very low temperature. Yes. Like today, Native probably get because the formula has been changed, it probably gets poured at 150 degrees. Right. Yeah. Back then, it got poured at 110 to 112. Yeah. It's really specific. low temperature. And so as a result, um, a lot of these machines didn't work because they're used to pouring liquids, not right. like kind of things that are turning mm-hmm. into solids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then there were all these chicken pot pie things. And I remember like us going through the line doing this thing because I flew in for the yeah. test. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not, I, was like, I don't know how it's going to work. I know, it's see. terrible. It did not work. And like I, that I still like, Chase, my husband's in charge of machines like yeah. for the new business. Yeah. He tries to talk to me about it. And I'm like, you know what? I just like, I find someone else to talk to about this. Yeah. Approved, whatever you want to buy. But I do not <laughs> want to talk about it with you. Yeah. Like scarred from that. <laughs> and so I think that was a lot of like risk appetite on your part and like mm-hmm. ingenuity on your part mm-hmm. and like creativity and like yeah. you know I remember you'd call me and be like uh, you know you never operated with contracts you're like hey Moise no. look till we're, today we don't till today I fucking hate contracts yeah. you're like hey Moise we're not we need to move to a bigger facility like yeah. you know there's no contract here are you planning on sticking with us yeah. because we're moving from 800 square feet to 16,000 square feet mm-hmm. and then you do it and you're like look I need to close Thursday and Friday so mm-hmm. I can move all of my stuff uh, to yeah. this new uh, place and so it'd be like two days of non-operations mm-hmm. in order to be able to move her stuff. And on Monday, you know, I was never like, 
uh, you know, Monday, I hope she can operate this. I was like, Monday, she's going to operate. And yeah. like, you never let that, you never let yeah. us down in that respect. Yeah. And I thought that was amazing. And when people say like, what was the secret to native success? I often point to you where I'm like, look, I can't imagine another contract manufacturer having the risk appetite. You know, mm-hmm. you went from a facility that's the size of this room yep. to a size, you know, 20X this room. Yep. Uh, you did it like, you know, without missing dates. You did it on like, you know, we, at some point we just had a relationship where we're like, this, the right thing is going to ha- happen yep. when there's a problem. Like when there was a problem yep. and like, you know, somebody could push their finger down all the way to the bottom. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not sure if this is because we sent you a bad formula or because you guys didn't make it right. And mm-hmm. we're like, let's put the cost. And I was like, great. Mm-hmm. We yes. like when Hurricane Harvey went through Texas, we're like, mm-hmm. look, we want to donate uh, deodorants. Will you split yeah, the cost with us? And you're like, done. Yeah. Um, I and like, there was just a trust that we developed mm-hmm. that I find is really rare yeah. in business and in life. And I thought that was what made the relationship special. Yeah. And I thought that that was what made Native grow. Like when people, when they're like, how can you grow this fast? If I reach out to a contract manager today and I've got a bunch of credibility at this point, mm-hmm. they still are not able to expand as fast as you. Yeah. They're like, oh, our machines are spoken for. This is going to take time. We have mm-hmm. like, you know, something's going to happen and you're going to find a, uh, you find a way to make things happen. Yeah. And a bunch of these other bozos don't. And I yeah. don't know why that's the case so frequently. It just becomes a big company. I mean, we we were starting to be that way when I sold the company, right? Yeah. It started. It was starting to be more difficult, right? If it if you weren't native, yeah, right. And so I see it, but I have a plan for that fix. Yeah. Like I know what I'm going to do when we get to that point. Uh, well, wonderful. I guess uh, you know I'm saying all that to say thank you. Like we yeah. couldn't have built what we built without you, you and so uh, I think it's awesome. I really appreciate it. Well, I was telling people. You changed my life. And like, I always tell people like building native was like the ride of my life. I loved it so much. It was so fun. I was crying around the table a whole lot. I was like getting drunk in a bar a whole lot. (laughs) But like, it was thrilling. Yeah. It was just thrilling. And it was like, it was so fun. And like, yeah, I mean, you changed my life. You changed my children's life. You changed the life of 125 people that got to work at a place that's going to treat them well, that pays them well that cares about their family, that when we find out so-and-so got pregnant and her baby daddy left her, we would give her $3,000. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's, I that's what you did. Well, I think that's what you did because I don't know about any of this. <laughs> I know. I think that's, you... to be clear, I think you're, you're the one who did those things. And I think that like, um, you don't respect that that, that growth uh, enough. And like, you know, it was a ride of lifetime for me as well. Like I had no yeah. idea what we were doing. Yeah. Um, but it did feel like together we could conquer the world. I was just yeah. like, People would be like, what about this other deodorant company that's like launching? And I'm like, I have, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Everyone else is irrelevant. Like the path to our, like, you know, uh, dominating the market, there's nothing in front of it. Like it felt like there was literally nothing in front of us because from an operational standpoint, things were going well. Mm -hmm. From a marketing standpoint, things were going well. I was like, Mm -hmm. there's no competitor that's going to make us trip. They're all completely irrelevant in the marketplace. And even they know it. Like, I was like, even they must know. Like, you know, when this natural deodorant, people are like, what about this natural deodorant company? I was like, you know, that's irrelevant. And so do they. Secret could launch it. Nobody gives a shit. You know, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. And that was because of you. Like, you know, I never had to worry about that kind of uh, the operation side of things. And to go from 500 units to 20 uh, a week to 21,000 a day in 18 months. Yep. uh, You know, I can't imagine anybody else doing that. Yeah. And so that was great. Yeah. I loved it. It was thrilling. I'm ready to do it with you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't like where I was doing, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, if you were um, launching a brand, which it sounds like you're not going to do again, yeah. What aside from sexual wellness, I feel like I asked this again, and maybe fa- uh, you mentioned facial care because I think that's what, something that you thought you were really good at. Let me ask yeah. it in a different lens. Mm. 
if someone's listening to because like generally it's not contract manufacturers listening to this, yeah, it's yeah. entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. What should they launch from a skincare or beauty space, whether or not you make it? Uh what what do you think is good? You know, SPF is like a big fucking deal right now. Yeah. Like uh, you know, everybody wants to be and have SPF. We don't do that, but yeah. you know, other people do. I really think it's important to pay attention to margins. That's almost the most important thing because if you work with a contract manufacturer that you love, a formulator that you love, et cetera, you have to have the margins in order to support the business. Mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of people that like feel like they can get it done with within these margins and that doesn't work, even if it's a good product, even if it's a good category, the margins just don't work out. Yeah. Um. So I think that that, I know that that's not really what you asked, but like I think that that's really kind of the most important thing to think about as for launching like anything in the skincare brand, because there are a billion moisturizers, a billion everything, there's a billion everything. And so that's that's what I think can make people succeed. How should people anticipate a margin getting better then? And I asked this because I remember a native this happened, yeah. which was like, you know, when you start it, how should they anticipate margins getting better over the course of like, you know, if you triple your business, do you get better? Mar- like, you know, when, yeah. do you, when should you ask for price discounts from Mary Berry? I'm different because I start to be really honest about like, yeah. okay, like we're really like now we're buying truckloads of coconut oil. We have literally like with native, we disrupted the supply of high melt shea butter in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, you know, when we start buying those volumes, like I don't feel good about taking all of that margin. And so I'll be like, hey, you know, we can give you a lower price, yeah. right? Like we can like, sure. we can change this or consequently you would start being like can i get a lower price and i start to look and be like okay yeah we are getting better margins on this or that or the other thing you know i think that working with someone that you trust that will be honest with you yeah about that yeah that's a great answer to that yeah, yeah. do you think so <laughs> okay great any other questions that we want to ask nick no i think that's it uh thank you for coming on mary this is probably like the second podcast you've done oh yeah no then it was just over zoom it was, it was yeah yeah, this is great. This is I, awesome. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are going to like this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, y'all are two of my favorite people in the whole world. So I was like so excited to do it. That's so me too. So this much. is the first one where I was like, I'm good. I know what to ask about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you know, I'm like, okay, should we ask about Mary's personal PO? Like, right. what is she spending on beauty products? <laughs> I mean, it's really fun. Give me like five quick questions. How much do you spend on your nails? Um, this is, I overpay her because she overcharges. <laughs> She's trying to charge me $75 for this. And I'm like, to Lana. No, ma'am. Is that in Austin? It's in Austin. And like, this takes forever. I'm in there for three hours. So I pay her $150. That's wow. Awesome. What about extensions? Uh, $10,000 a year. That's incredible. That is insane. Yeah. Well, that looks really good, you guys. Your hair does look really good. <laughs> so good. Actually, let me ask one more question. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if there are people who are listening who want to start a skincare or beauty product and want to reach out to what what is like the sweet spot of when like you know should they is your sweet spot 500 units i hope it's not 80 anymore is it 500 <laughs> units is it 5000 units is it what should they expect we do really good in about 5000 okay like if it's someone that's coming in that like has really good experience and they're just trying to like test the market like if you were to come to me yeah. and <laughs> you have some pretty good experience if you were to come to me and be like i want to do this thing and i just want to run 500 to see how it works like obviously yes like a thousand times yes. Yeah. But I would say people like 5,000 is really good because that means that they kind of know what they're doing. They have a little bit of backing or they are self-funding and can yeah. do that. Yeah. That's how we can like get the quickest results and get to market quickest. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Probably just like email me. Okay. At Mary at Cosmos-Labs.com. Okay. Fantastic. I'm to get you a site without a dash. I know. I don't know how. I'll work on that. Okay. 
All right. Um, okay, fantastic. Mary, wonderful seeing you. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, this you're, is amazing. Yeah, you're amazing. Y'all are never going to get rid of me. <laughs> Ever. Uh, okay, fantastic. Uh, next episode, uh, Nick, you and I have to talk about the Shopify updates that just dropped. You did yep. a great tar the post on them recently. And I, you know, I saw it and it was great. And, you know, a bunch of people looked at it, but I, I feel like you've got a lot more to say about it. So I'm excited to pick your brain about what happened there. Awesome. Can't wait. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next time to cut through the noise in CPG, retail, and e-commerce. And if you enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend? And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss the next one.